0: know that you are never alone you know science and spirituality have now taught us that we are interconnected as all beings and so even when we feel the most alone we're never really alone because we're connected to a greater picture
1: you're listening to let's be honest the show where we are celebrating spiritual diversity one truth and one story at a time. I'm your host, Michael Anthony, spiritual life coach and intuitive reader from thedivinerlife.com. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 17. Today's conversation is one that I have been holding on to for some time now, and I have just been dying for it to be released. Honestly, I'm happy it's coming out today in the midst of all of this world craziness because I really needed this reminder and this boost of energy. Today I am sharing my conversation with best-selling author and angel expert, Kyle Gray. Kyle has been a huge inspiration of mine since my early days in angel card reading, and it was such an amazing opportunity to sit and chat with him one-on-one. Kyle is so real and chill and down-to-earth, and if I learned anything from this conversation it's that we are all human and we just deserve to be treated as equal. For those of you that don't know Kyle, here is a bit about him. Kyle is a spiritual teacher with a difference. With his sharp wit, need for truth, and a desire to shed light upon some of the more complex spiritual subjects, Kyle has become one of the most sought-after experts within his field. Kyle Gray is a Wall Street Journal best-selling author of seven books, including the much-loved Angel Prayers and Raise Your Vibration. He also co-created three oracle decks Angel Prayers, Keeper of the Light, and Angels and Ancestors that have wowed his audience by bringing a modern and exciting face to the Angels, Ancestors, and Descended Masters. Kyle's books and cards have been translated into many languages and currently have over 60 international publishing deals, allowing this sacred work to reach far and wide across the globe. All of Kyle's books and decks are published with Hay House, which is the biggest mind-body-spirit publisher in the world. In today's conversation, Kyle tells us how he went from a child with paralyzing health issues and poor school attendance to the now world-renowned angel expert and spiritual leader that he is today. Before we dive into this conversation, I'd like to remind you that this show is purely funded by my work at thedivinerlife.com, the members of my Club Divine family, and of course, my podcast patrons. If you love Let's Be Omnist, and Let's Be Honest, we all know that you do, head over to thedivinerlife.com slash podcast to learn how you can become a patron today. All of that information, of course, is in the show notes below. Now go ahead and grab yourself a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, a cup of whatever you'd like, because in the spirit of truth and honesty, here's my conversation with Kyle Gray. Thank you so much, Kyle, for being here on Let's Be Omnis. I am so excited to have you. I'm fangirling a little bit this morning having this chat. <laughs> so how That's are so you? Fun.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, very, very well.
1: Thank you for having me. Overdue. I said I would do this like a year ago or something like that. So No, no. That was actually <laughs> totally fine. Right on time. Exactly when you should be. Um,
0: I just feel like,
1: yeah, it was just meant to be. Before I dive into all of that though, uh, I want to give the listeners a little chance to get to know you. So tell us who you are, what you do, what's your thing?
0: Yeah, so I'm Kyle. I'm from the west coast of Scotland, a city called Glasgow. And uh, my expertise for the last 15 years has been not only just the study of angels, but the experience of them. And so I'm a kind of self-proclaimed angel expert <laughs> because for the last 15 years of my life, every single day I've had a, a spiritual practice and a daily practice to connecting with and asking angels into my, my world and my life. And since starting my spiritual business at 17, um, I have seen over 15,000 personal one-to-one clients. and written seven books about the subject so there's just
1: quite a lot of experience now on that, those numbers are mind-blowing to me right <laughs> it's easy, isn't it yeah i i mean i obviously i follow your work pretty closely and i knew that you've been doing this a long time but when you really quantify it and you like talk about how much of your life it's been because if you started at 17 you've been doing it for 15 years it's approaching yeah. that mark where it's been majority of your life Right, yeah. Angel so I started studying,
0: I started a spiritual practice when I was 14, which is nuts, and it was all angel-based, and then I got really deeply into angels from about 15 onwards, started doing readings about 16, and then I went professional at 17, so 15 years this Sunday, um, which was my, my birthday,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to, to see all the things that have happened in that time. Yeah, that is really interesting. I want to unpack that timeline a little bit more in just a second. Of course. Yeah, Philly. Um, Before we do, we're going to get to know you on a deeper level, and we are going to play a quick game of Two Truths and a Lie. Right. Okay. So whenever you're ready, share your three items, and I will do my best. Okay. So I was just
0: being cheeky. My favorite food is steak. I am a vegan. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I collect sneakers.
1: <laughs> Dang. um, You know, I do, like I said, I follow you pretty closely, but I, I don't know. I knew I would throw you with that. I don't. Uh, that is actually really tough. I'm going to say that being a vegan is a lie. Correct. Oh, okay. I was going to totally didn't, offend somebody it,
0: with that. Because <laughs> I was for 16 years. So I always, I always, um.
1: I always, so I am, I was a vegan. (laughs) Okay, so that one, I was like, I could totally see it. I'm finding more and more people in the spiritual industry are kind of doing that transition. And so I was like, this could be brand new and I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It certainly is like being born again because you eat like the one thing at a time when you first start because you're like, I don't know what to eat. Totally, yeah. (laughs) So let's get back to this timeline where you were like 14, then at 15 and 16. right? If you had to share, and I'm sure you've answered this question a thousand times, where did your spiritual journey really start? Like what was that experience?
0: My spiritual journey, like I would say when I look at it, it started much earlier than that, but I didn't realize it was necessarily like a spiritual journey. I was um, paralyzed when I was a, a child. I, was, um, I had a, a virus called Guillain-Barre syndrome So it's an autoimmune virus that attacks the nervous system and basically you end up paralyzed. So I was in a children's hospital, you know, from around the age of three and a half years old. And for about a year, I overcame this virus. And at the same time, my grandmother also was in a wheelchair in the same household. So it was just like this synergy and connection that was created with my grandmother. And I remember learning to walk again and all these different things. But I remember the week school was starting, I had just got this Ninja Turtles lunchbox. Like I remember it's so clear. It was like a yellow lunchbox with a pink handle. And I like wanted to take it to bed. Like I loved it that much. <laughs> and um, I remember just like having that beside my bed and a neighbor was looking out for me one night because my grandmother was at ho- in hospital. So my parents were with her. And I remember just going to sleep as normal and then I woke up and sitting at the bottom of my bed was my grandmother and she like flipped me on my belly and just tickled my back. and It was mm. the, the sweetest thing ever, just feeling so loved. And the next morning I went into her bedroom, which was next to mine and she wasn't there. So I was like, mom, where's Nana? And she's like, what do you mean? I said, well, she, she came to see me through the night. And my mom was like, no, no, your Nana went to heaven last night. So I had obviously had this extremely, you know, visceral experience of my grandmother, which was very unexplainable. Mm. And, you know, I was brought up in a moderately Christian household, you know, because I went to Sunday school every week from the age of like three all the way until I was 16. Mm. So there was like a, you know this belief in going somewhere, but everything you'd learned in Sunday school would be like, you go to heaven, but you don't get to see them again. So I had all these questions like, my Nana went to heaven, why did I see her? And, you know, trying to place that together. And then from that moment onwards, there was several things that happened. There was um, this migraine headache that I had, and they thought, I say they, like the medical professionals (laughs) thought, it was an after effect of the virus that I had. Okay. So there was like other complications, body stuff. And that was this migraine that lasted 11 years. and um, Just day in was, and day out? Like you wake up with a migraine, like, go
1: to bed with a migraine?
0: Yep. Like, you know, like floaters in my eyes, all mm. that stuff. And um, very distracted, overly sensitive. Uh, they made me come off of like all preservatives and we call them e numbers in the UK. I don't know what you call them. Okay. You know, like all that kind of stuff. You know, then all the funky ingredients in the back <laughs> of candy, and I got even more sensitive, even more like weird. And so my parents put me back on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, just eat a candy bar. It's fine. <laughs> like, you'll be okay. Uh, and then I got to, you know, I got to my teenage years, and I had just like fumbled through life but always feeling more than meets the eye and being overly sensitive, overly expressive and Buffy the Vampire Slayer came on TV Mm. and you know like praise Buffy (laughs) and Buffy like basically saved me. I had seen the original movie when I was a little bit younger but the actual TV show Sarah Michelle Gellar like the reboot, I was so into it and it it kind of like made me start questioning you know what goes beyond natural human senses and it led me into like crystals and tarot and then eventually a family friend who was like a reiki healer had said to me what about angels and i I'll just cut this long story short i had been going to this christian church that was run by my aunt and uncle and Someone had said to me, Kyle, it's God or Buffy at oh. that church. And I was like, well, Buffy. And so <laughs> like, I had this kind of like, from very early on, this pull in two directions, like this is not holy. So I, when I heard about angels, I was like, I don't know if I'm interested in angels because it seems like such a Christian concept. And I don't really want to get stuck into this, you know... Place where I'm condemned all the time, and this lady said, "You know, angels are more than that, and they're deeper than that, and everyone has one, and all religions have something similar. Why don't you come upstairs and we'll pick an angel card?" And I was like, "Whoa, that sounds so cool!" So we went upstairs and we picked an angel card, and it was the card synchronicity in the deck. And I I remember, you know, like I was just fourteen, nearly fifteen. I'd already been like dabbling with meditation and all that kind of stuff. And I was, I didn't even know what synchronicity meant. I had to like, I remember I'm a millennial. I Googled it. I remember Googling the words and just like trying to get my head around it. And now when I, you know, reflect, I'm like, this was such a synchronicity. There was an opportunity. It was like one of the many windows and doors. Mm -hmm. And then um, I got excited overnight by angels. And for my birthday that uh, year, I got like angel cards and angel books and all these different things. And my first experience of the angels wasn't so like seeing them or anything like that. It was just a simple answer to a prayer. I remember the first thing I ever asked was, if angels are real, thank you for healing my headache. Like that that was the first thing and it was answered like the next day, just like gone. Like that is so like beautiful. like so instant, you know. Like whoa, there you go. And then I can count on like maybe maybe two hands. How many migraines I've had since? You know, I mean in fifteen. Right years, in fifteen like... years, whereas like eleven years meets, you know, migraine to counting in both hands, maybe one hand. You know,
1: pretty amazing. That is, I I I feel like I've heard this story, but I had no idea that your migraines had been happening for so long so and then severe. just like boom overnight.
0: Yeah, like I had like a 60% attendance in school because I was severely ill. It wasn't just like migraines. It would make me like, um, sounds terrible to say like this, but it made me really sick. It was like, you know, I like like I would vomit like they were that mm. painful like it was really it was aggressive but when I when I look at it and I try to like put it back together I, I actually realized that the um Christian Northrop is one of my dear friends and she calls it migrainist personality you know like someone who genuinely wants to know what the world wants from them and that was really a big question for me very early on because I didn't really like the schooling system. They tried to like put me in this box of attention deficit disorder. There was like all of this, and I I was always questioning, what do you want from me? You know, like that was something that I was always asking. And I think just like a, a simple shift of thinking could have maybe changed my experience. Um, so I was very in the head all the time. So when that happened, when that, when that was healed, there was just like an instant love and gratitude to the angels and like I knew that I wanted to like kind of things a bit evangelical but I wanted to like spread the word I was like I want more people to know about this this is this is
1: sweet so one of the things that you had said in that story is uh you weren't really quite seeing angels yet which is a really interesting phrase to me um because today hmm. you you would now say that you fairly like you see them fairly often yeah yeah
0: like
1: a, so I had, ha- I had seen things but not angels but I had, never
0: put, I had never put this all together okay so I'd had like I would go to bed when I was younger and people would come to the side of my beds um, on a regular basis can and you clarify would, people like uh, people. deceased or okay yeah like you know I would wake up through the night and be people Like in a line. It was like the movie Sixth Sense. It was very similar. You know, when I saw that, it was like people waiting in a line. I would see like lines of people waiting to to talk. And that would that would it was so freaky to me. But my, my parents obviously took me to the doctor. So I was obviously being this like sick child. So everyone's still trying to like unpack like this is just an after effect of him having paralysis, like viral infection, autoimmune disorders. Like, it's just like, they're trying to unpack it in that way, but right. it really wasn't. And, and I think it was more, because I was so limited by physical human, like, stuff, like I couldn't go anywhere, I think I just opened up like a compartment in my mind. I think we've all got it, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's just like I opened up a compartment that, that made me more sensory rather than physical, and I think that's what was happening. I don't think I was the chosen one or special, even though I'd love to step into that, (laughs) that Buffy archetype. I wasn't like the chosen one. I think this is something that's very natural to all people. Right. I think it's just certain people are exposed to deeper levels of vulnerability. And I think that can often,
1: you know, be a catalyst to feeling more. Right. It's kind of like the mix of the perfect storm, you know, all the circumstances lined up and it just so happened that it, Right, allowed you to step into that space. I get that. It feels more like a more like a flick. Is is that a (laughs) Scottish word? I don't know. No, that's a very normal word, you're good.
0: (laughs) Yeah you know it just felt like a flick. It doesn't feel like the universe is like you are the chosen one. This is what you... I think we are given these windows and doors and we can choose to what we do with them and and I think I was more the investigative type that wanted
1: to know more. You're like a door, hold on, what's in here? Let me peek around a bit you know. <laughs> so after you got past the scary uh, queue of people at your bedside, um, right. when did you kind of start realizing that you were seeing like other other things?
0: So what happened was I got interested in angels and in the, the initial books that I had read were all by this author called Diana Cooper. I don't know if you know Diana, but you know. I, yes, I love her. We're, like we've been on tour together like several times and it's just quite funny. But I'd read all of Diana Cooper's original books and you know she'd spoke about um meditation and opening up and connecting so I I started meditating on a regular basis and every time I would go into this you know meditation which seemed to be very natural for me like I'm a I can I'm a severe meditator like what I mean by that is I can sit for a while and when I was going in I was like really going in like 45 minutes had passed and I'm like like meditating and going on these super journeys and something really interesting had happened i i got really into i joined a local meditation group and i was like the only boy the only teenager (laughs) there and mad things were happening in the meditations um to the point where like i remember meditating my grandparents were in this meditation and we were just like being led on a you know meditate Relax all these things, but I was like going on these journeys and I remember being in this big long field and in the center of the field It was like a big long table of an Italian Family and they're all like sitting down this big long table, you know, like um, The commercial for that butter Advert and they're all (laughs) sitting down the table like They're all got olive oil and bread and all this stuff And my grandparents were sitting at this really long table with all these like Italians. And I thought that was so strange. And I sat down at the table and I, um, you know, just hung out with my grandparents. And then I came home from meditation class that night. My mom was like, how was meditation? I was like, it was so amazing. I met my grandparents and they took me to this Italian family's gathering. And she's like, what do you mean an Italian family's gathering? I'm like, well, (laughs) I was sitting with this woman and I described who it was and the weirdest thing was it turns out my grandmother growing up's best friend was italian and they used to go to italy every single year on the bus from scotland and they would like travel for days from like scotland to italy on this bus with this family so this was like a legitimate thing that used to happen that is so funny right so my mom was like you've got to be kidding and i then like correctly said the woman's name it was sitting at the table so my mom was like frazzled at this point you know she's like I can't believe this is happening like <laughs> this is really happening so that was it was all internal first and then I got really good angel cards I was starting to do it quite regularly for people and I was doing it for like school teachers and like the cleaner of the school and uh I went to this family friends barbecue with my mum and she said, Take your cards, you can practice on everyone. And my parents were keeping this super light. They're just like, He's a bit strange. He's into magic and crystals and all that, but it's just a phase, it's gonna pass. You know, so they
1: how they would present you to people, or they were just internally. They were internalizing, oh,
0: it's just a phase, this is gonna like wear off eventually. And so I was at this barbecue and um, (laughs) my mother at, has worked in the airline industry her whole life. So she's always been surrounded by gay men, like it's just always been a thing. And so her best friend was like the queen of the gays. And so there was this gay couple at this barbecue and they were like so like different, it was unbelievable, like salt and pepper. And they wanted to do a reading. So I, I, I'd done one reading for one guy and he was like, oh, that was good. And then the second guy is whose reading changed my life. And um, I was holding the cards on this table outside picnic bench, and I was like, just think about anything you'd like guidance on, and um, if you believe in angels, call them into the space, like you know, just like all the mumbo jumbo chat. And I, in my head, was freaking out, just like every time I would doing arena. I was like, you know, please let me do this right. Please let me be accurate. Like that was just like my worry. And so I'm holding his hands. We're sitting outside this barbecue, and then. I started to hear music in my head. And I, I said, well, I checked with him. I was like, can you hear music? And he's like, no. I mean, we're sitting in the backyard, so there's like no music playing. And um, I could hear Destiny's Child playing in my head and the song was Survivor. So it's going, I'm a survivor. And I'm like, can you not hear that? And he says, no, and I was like, I feel like this is a message for you. So I was like, so intuitive, so soon. And I remember closing my eyes and I just said this prayer and I just said, if there is an angel here, thank you for revealing your presence. And that was like how I said it. I said it in a somewhat, um, formal way, you know, cause I'd obviously been brought up in a Christian household. I've been praying in a very formalized way. And, um, I opened up my eyes and just looked at them as normal, but I wasn't ready for what happened next. Cause there was this, it's like, it was like the matrix meets Stargate Atlantis. So it was like, <laughs> this light moving towards me so fast but so slow and then all of a sudden it was like this elongated like being standing beside the sky and so instantly i'm like i have fucking lost the plot like i left <laughs> and um beep uh, and then at the same time i was also like frozen in the chair like i couldn't move i couldn't i couldn't really believe what was happening before my eyes because at the same time there's still people at a barbecue just like 10 feet away yeah so you're probably and like looking and... around like is anyone else looking at this? right so I'm like there's an angel behind you I'm like trying to like send him facial signals like so he doesn't like I guess get it off and he's like looking behind him he can't see anything but I'm having this full-on physical experience of seeing something And then I hear this voice so clear. It sounds like my voice, but crispier, you know? And I went, it just said, tell this man he is a survivor. And so it sounds like so movie-like. I was like, there's an angel standing behind you. And he's like, okay. And I said, and it wants you to know that you're a survivor. And he says, what do you mean I'm a survivor? And it was like, I knew everything. I went, feels like, You don't wanna be here, or you don't wanna be on this planet, or you feel like you don't belong here, and you've tried to leave, but you're being kept here for a reason. And he was like, Enough! Like I've had enough. This is too much for me. And he, you know, closes the cards and bolts and he leaves the party. And I felt really shit about it. And in that whole um dramatical moment, he dramatical, uh, he like the angel disappeared and so later on that night you know i was trying to tell my mom something happened and i don't want to sound like a crazy cat but she gets a phone call from her friend who hosted the barbecue and it turns out this guy was touched by the information but was maybe not ready to have such an experience because he just thought it was a party trick rather than like a deep spiritual thing right. and it turns out he tried to like take his own life Three times and every time he went about this something got in the way and so he was just trying to get his head and heart around that someone had known this deeply private information or information that seemed to correspond to that and I was fascinated but also like scared and you know a whirlwind of emotions but also when you come from a small you know ship building town word spreads like wildfire and overnight people started calling my home and being like is this the house of the boy who can see angels you know so it was like that was the experience you know that and is so, a,
1: certainly a way to throw yourself into it like right. right,
0: and I'm still in high school I'm still like You know, this like overweight teenager who doesn't know what the world wants from him. But yet in all of that innocence, there was something pretty cool happening.
1: Yeah. So nowadays, is it still fairly normal for you to... um, It's under control.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got it. You know, it, it really wasn't under control. I was kind of... I think a lot of um, similar people go through similar things. Like when it's like a new skill, you know, and it's like you open up the floodgates, and for a long time you're walking around like this psychic, um, psychic ball of excitement, you know. Like because I would go like furniture shopping with my mother, and I could see like the woman who was serving us this one time was being followed around by a golden retriever dog that was clearly a spiritual one, and I said to her. Excuse me, I don't mean to bother you, but I can see the spirit of like a golden retriever dog following you around. And she's like, How do you know that? And she thought I had, you know, been set up to like playing a trick on her from from a colleague. I was like, What do you mean? I can see it. It's like right there. And she's like, Prove it. And then, and I was like, Did you just move home? And she said, Yes. Like, why do you know this about me? Like, so I was a bit of a, psychic mess I think is the best mm. way to it. and you know I was so young and vulnerable but also completely not aware that some of this information could be you know severely triggering and emotionally overwhelming for a lot of people so I learned soon you know that I had to be able to control it and it's kind of like a like a muscle Okay. You know, like the more you go to the yoga or the gym, the more you can do certain tricks. So I kind of felt like this was a psychic muscle that I needed to like be able to grow, but also gain
1: control over in some way. So when did you feel like you really started to flex and practice that a little bit more? Like, where did you start? Well, that? I kept going to the meditation
0: class, which was in a psychic college. We have them in the UK, which is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm packing my bags. See you in a minute. I mean you don't want to go it's pretty they're like they've basically just came from Christianity to another like spiritual religion So it's still got lots of dogma and all that Yeah, so I had started going to the psychic college which basically was a school for mediums It teaches them how to like open up and and also do like we call it gallery readings in the U.S. I believe You know like stand in front of us in front of people and like John Edward Yeah (laughs) I started doing that and I went into, it's called spiritualism, um, a spiritualist church. And I started demonstrating mediumship, but there was always a part missing for me because I, although could channel dead people, it was not lighting me up Mm. and they didn't. And in their dogma of spiritualism, they speak about like the brotherhood of man and number threes, this thing called the ministry of angels. Their angels are dead people, not celestial, non-human beings, which an angel is for me. And uh, so eventually I kind of lost my way with that because I was seeing angels and I wanted to talk about this subject where it was these non-human entities. (laughs) So... Anyway, I think I got to about 17 years old and I started doing angel readings full time and people got, you know, around it. And I I went to the Scottish, uh, I left, I walked out of high school at 15, got a job in a hairdresser sweeping up hair. And I used this as like a training ground to meet people and get to know people and practice my skills. Smart. Yeah. Smart, right. And people were so into it because when you go to hairdressers, I'm sure you know, it's like going to therapy. You want to talk about your feelings. Yeah. So... I was in the perfect space to get known, and then when I was seventeen, I went to the Scottish Government Careers Office and I, planned, I applied for a state funding to start your own business. Okay. And I wrote like a business plan, and they gave me the money. They gave me they gave me like a couple of thousand to start my own business uh, as a amazing. as an Yeah, it's
1: pretty cool, you know pretty and fun so it was really through like the the courses and just kind of like going to those regular classes that you felt like you had built enough of a they didn't show me how to do angel readings I just
0: practiced on everybody and anyone I could get my hands on friends mums teachers like anyone I could get a hold of and I just kept practicing and practicing and then eventually it was pretty good and I'd start I charged like 20 dollars or something or 20 pounds for a session and like, it wasn't a lot of money, but people were getting really positive responses. Right. And I was really it was quite a clever business, business kid because what I would do is I would say to, I think it was like 45 pounds to put an advert in the newspaper. And I remember saying, um, organize a gathering, um, host gets their reading free. So I would really do sad. this. And people were like, on it. So I was booked out like eight months in advance in my first couple of weeks. Are you still doing readings today? Like I, I I'll not I'll not do it do it. I'll do it for certain people. It sounds really sounds really um Own pretentious. It. I sound pretentious. Mind but I'll it. do it for like a spice girl if they get in touch. Or <laughs> you know, like I've recently done it for uh, like Middle Eastern Royals, like stuff like that, like stuff, but I don't, I don't generally do it as much. Every now and then I'll open up 10 spaces. Got it. Um, which is fun, because I just love doing it, like I really enjoy doing it, but when you're traveling and writing full time, it's really difficult to find the time. I probably would make more money if I just did
1: readings full time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have to do what you love. It's. I mean, I. it seems at least that you really love what you're doing now, which is... More yeah, important. I mean, I do love it. I think I
0: I sometimes travel and work more than I would like, you mm-hmm. know. And, and a lot of people seem to think, oh, your success has been really fast. I'm like, no, I've been doing it since I'm <laughs> 17 and I'm 32. Like, it's a long time. It's, it's been a slow builder you know uh but yeah i i do love working for the angels it's so cool like having this unseen presence being your pr person you know it's very fun
1: yeah i i i love that i I like that you phrase it that you work for the angels because i'm sure there are other people involved in like your true business structure so yeah yeah, always keep in mind like i know who i work for (laughs) it's so
0: interesting like when when you start doing readings all those years ago you just want to help people and you want to give people like a sense of hope and and i think that was something that's really challenged me over the years It's like no one ever prepares you for what's going to happen or the fact that you're going to be running a business with five people working for you and you know, all this other stuff, like there was, there was no, I never would have imagined any of, you know, all these things and investments and all like that. I was not ready for that. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's been such an amazing, amazing time and got to meet so many amazing people, which is exciting.
1: For the listeners who can't see our, our face-to-face conversation, I love right. that you lit up when you said all of that because i mm-hmm. i find that when i usually talk to people about spiritual business they kind yeah. of have a really heavy look to them where they are like yeah well you know it's the part of the thing that i do that is a little intense but you were like smiling the whole time you're so excited about those people that get to work with you and uh, yeah you know
0: do- some people are like oh you've monetized something that shouldn't be monetized and and i think there's it's fair to say things like that. I'm okay with people like questioning that, mm-hmm. but I'm also like thinking if I hadn't done certain things, I wouldn't be able to help certain people in the ways that I have. So, you know, my ma- initial goal in life was just to pay off my mother's mortgage and her debt, and I can see I've done that, and it's like the best thing ever.
1: That is you know, the like, sweetest thing I've ever. Heard.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's like. It makes me want to cry, but I it was the one thing I wanted to do, and so, like, to do that, like, not everyone can say that, but then also to think that I pay the income of you know all these other individuals, and then with all of them, I'm able to help more people, you know, like, because if I didn't have someone running like the back end of our subscriptions and all these things, then and then with all of that money, like, we also can give out scholarships and all these things, I'm also just paid for this person to, um, I, I was a volunteer in the diversity program for Hay House and it was like a big thing for me to see more writers of color be signed. It was like something I really pushed for. And there was this woman I met last year and she didn't win and I was so devastated that she didn't. And the real reason she didn't win was because her, her writing skills weren't fresh enough. They weren't tight enough and she mm-hmm. couldn't really operate a computer. So I worked with Hay House UK to make a scholarship where I paid for her to have a ghostwriter to have her book published. So it's just like, things like that are just, you know, like, so when people say business, do you think, oh, there's someone who's coining? But I'm also like, no. There's other great ways to like severely serve, you know, and that's why I love business. I think it's helped us do some awesome things.
1: I don't think you realize how um, important it is for me personally to hear you say that you worked through that program and that you did all of that. I think, um, I, I mean, I, I don't want to get into, uh, too many details, but it just, it's really beautiful to hear that you were so passionate about that. Um, yeah, that specific program is important. Uh, was there ever a point where you felt like the angels kind of stepped in and told you like, Hey, this is something that we want for you or that they ever kind of, assigned you a role in the world no it's always been a choice I've
0: always felt that very clear like I know that if I was to say I've had enough there would be a respect there Um which has always been cool and I have I have done that before I took a two-year hiatus at one point and I went to music college just to like get a breather but it was while I was there that I ended up getting a magazine column and all these other things that started so I've never been able to fully escape it but I have taken some time off uh, yeah and, and I, I honestly thought music was going to be my career at one point I got signed as a DJ I was DJing all these festivals and having the best time ever but there was still always this thing there this feeling like it wasn't greater service mm but i I think I needed to come away from it just to to realize that I need to be served while I serve, or it would never be it would never be a balance and I think there's there's a problem in the spiritual realm where we we judge people who are being served sometimes, and so it seems like a taboo to like have this rich lifestyle and have a good time while being someone who professes. You know, I'm a spiritual person and I can show you how you live a spiritual life. And that was something I really wanted to work on. Like, I don't want to be apologetic for someone that enjoys nice things and doing nice things. But I also want to show them I'm human and like have meltdowns like everyone else. And Like like last night, I definitely walked out of the gym crying because like I had a fallout with a woman in the gym. and Like, you know, like just like mm. I'm just like a normal person. I'm still navigating the world, making Mistakes and you know
1: still I can hyper <laughs> I can certainly say that I think that you do that really well. You've always been very real, especially like social media. Especially, so many people hard, right? allow it to kind of be this perfect, perfected image. And I feel like even if you do, I'm sure you have. A very specific schedule and things, like it's probably very well planned.
0: Not really, not on Instagram. I just do it daily. It's just very easy. Yeah. Okay. Just do it every
1: day because I like to I like that. Well, that explains why um, you know, I I feel like you show up exactly as who you are. And I don't think you've ever come across as someone who I'll say overindulges or anything like that. Like you like what you like and you're open about it. What I noticed was I think people who are not necessarily
0: Following you, but kind of know what you do think you're painting this picture of yourself to be a certain way But I've always tried to be like completely naked like I still swear like drink beer Um, Although I've only had three beers this year, Uh, you know, like just like certain thing. I I, you know I don't I'm not a purist. I don't want to be anyone's guru. I just want to be your equal and That's the best thing
1: that is so refreshing to hear. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah Um, when did you decide that you were going to write your books, create your cards? Like what was the first little inspiration for all that? So
0: it was really cool. Uh, there was basically I had been doing readings full time and I was seeing 45 clients a week at this point. And so it's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um it was going really well. And you know, I was doing all these readings and then this newspaper got in touch and they basically offered me a position as a an, an angel columnist and okay. it was the biggest newspaper in scotland at the time and you know a daily readership of four hundred thousand, and they were giving me this opportunity to write a column and i said no because i was like i don't want to be exposed i'd been on tv several times and i had been trolled so bad online after oh. it so i would be like not really sure i want to do this my mom was like you should do this because you can help a lot more people like just with this you, you should really just consider this and so i i decided to go in for the interview and the guy it was like a devil wears prada you know the guy was I have a lot of pop culture
1: references. i say perfect, perfect reference. I know where you are.
0: <laughs> right. So they like like walking like, who are you? What do you do? You know? And I was like, um, he's like, what do you do? Do you read stones, bones, graves? What, re-? you know, like all this kind of thing. And I was like, no, sometimes I can see people's guardian angels. And I'm also sometimes able to speak to them. And he's like, oh, here we go. You know, like, and he was like, well, hurry up then do it like that was like what you know like this so i'm just like this man ended up becoming a very very good ally to me i have to say although we had many moments i saw the movie uh, i know how it ends right saw the devil wears prada and so they basically asked me to demonstrate it and i actually was able to there was a woman in the room who was taking notes from the interview and uh, I could see her angel and I said that to him and he's like but how do I know you're not just saying I can see an angel like tell, tell us something and I said well the angel's got a black and white cat with you for you it wants to give you your black and, a black and white cat and, and, and I said it's magic that it's here with you and um, she said sorry like that and then she starts crying and he went you're through. And I was like, sorry, like, what's going on? So it turns out she had this black and white cat called Magica, and it had just been put to sleep. And I'm like, there's a black and white cat here, and it's magic. And so Magica was obviously his name. And he'd known that this cat had been put down. So he was like spooked out. And
1: so I like, through. get. Out.
0: <laughs> so he's like, you're through. Um, and then the next round was, which is quite cool, they did this they gave me six letters and he said, take this home and reply to it. And I remember when the day they gave me the six letters, they said to me, they pulled me in this office of this big fancy editor in the middle of the city, like what, like view of the whole city. And they were like, do you have any skeletons in your closet? And I, I was like, I was, I hadn't come out at that point. So I'm like, oh my God, they know I'm gay. Like that that was my concern. But they were thinking like, is there a scandal on you? You know, all these different things. And so I obviously had that. And then he said, take these letters home and, and reply to them all. And so I just opened a Word document and wrote out what I think I would say. And I answered five of the six and I emailed it back. And then about an hour passed and then he sent, me a message call me and that so I called him and he just said on the phone he was like how the fuck did you do it and I was like sorry what do you mean and he's like how the fuck did you do it and I was like do what he said you replied to five of the sick why I said I just didn't feel like there was a message for the sick and he said it was fake and I and I so it was just like again I'm still in fluke mode here like I wasn't you know like choosing the, I didn't know it was fake I wasn't being like you know I wasn't this mystic Meg like yeah I just was feeling and the following Monday the following Tuesday they printed out my replies and the, the reply the, the letters were all from journalists in the office oh. all anonymously you know sent to me they printed that as the first copy And the Thursday, the Friday of that week, the postman came to my mom's home. I was still living at home. And uh, 5,000 handwritten letters were handed to me. (laughs) Oh, my
1: gosh. Talk about, like, I feel like every step you took was kind of, like... It was so severe. I always cry when I
0: talk about this. It's so strange. Yeah, it was very severe.
1: (laughs) That's really, really beautiful. I am... I like, I, I, not that you need me to say this, but like, I'm so proud of you for just like, <laughs> for just yes. saying, all right, like, here I go. I'm going to do so, it. So,
0: yeah, it was kind of like a bit weird, you know, just like, because one, you're already the guy who is doing a weird job around town. And now, now you're the guy who's in a national newspaper and the whole country knows who you are. Like, that was like really weird, you know? And it came with a lot of positives, but it also came with so, a lot of negatives, you know? And they yeah. branded me the angel whisperer, which was so funny. And people would walk up to me in like nightclubs and be like, I'm an angel. They like whisper to me, like trolling me. It was so funny when you think about it. <laughs> it's still like, it was just like severe. I got a stalker, like all those weird things happened from it, you know? But again, still so much good had come from it. And I had done, like, my first theatre tour. I was only 22, like, sold-out theatres around the whole of Scotland. And it just kind of exposed me. And so, eventually, a book agent got in touch and offered me a deal to, like, work with them. And then I got a book deal with a publisher that wasn't of choice, and it fell through. Mm. And I said, it's because I want to be with Hay House. I want to be with Hay House. And so... Similar to the the son, I had to go to the Hay House offices in London and do a demonstration of psychic ability. They always do that to every medium.
1: That's really You see, you
0: can do something. They want to know. They want to see it.
1: That's really so, interesting. I didn't realize that people have to do yeah. that. That's such a. I
0: mean, it, it seems to be a thing for me. You know, always make <laughs> speak out. Uh, so I did that, and they they made an offer. So they did. That's great. And, uh, that was it, and. I was really, the man who was the Devil Wears Prada in that story ended up becoming the editor that really showed me how to write. And he showed me how to like piece together, you know, an article and write. And he also gave me jobs to go under a pseudonym to go to like Balearic Islands and stuff to write just like travel pieces,
1: just to like get a vibe
0: um,
1: of writing. So he really showed me a lot. That's really cool because obviously writing wasn't what you were doing. It's not what you expected. No, I was a
0: high school dropout. My English was so poor and he got me up to scratch and he really kind of helped me become who I am. He was like the best, worst boss I've ever had.
1: So now you have seven books? Seven books. And you've written those more than one a year if I'm right right because it's yeah it was i don't know how it happened but basically what happened was
0: the week my first book came out the sun put me in the middle pages of the whole uk and spanish uh, european version and then on the same day that printed i was on the biggest tv show in the country of the uk this morning And my book went to number seven in the overall book chart. And so it just, like, went, ba dong again, (laughs) severe, severe. right? (laughs) And so by the end of that um, week, they made an offer for a second book because the book had already um, paid off of its royalties the first week, yeah.
1: That is crazy. It paid off its advance, yeah. So it was pretty pretty nuts. (laughs) So out of your (laughs) seven books, if you... If you could say, and you don't have to, do you think that you have like a favorite?
0: I've got a favorite, and I think there's, there's, there's three. I think are very. I think they're all they're all pretty all right. I, I would say my favorite is Angel Prayers because I think it's what made me. Um, mm. it, you know, it's like it was my theory on angels. No one had written, um, about affirmative prayer and angels in the same context. People had written about. Affirmative prayer, and they wrote about angels, but no one had ever created a prayer system like to say thank you as if it had happened. And I think that really helped me stand out against the rest of the angel teachers of the world. And it really was like a signature thing, and it's something that it works, like you know. And it's it's been adopted by my pretty much my whole family, so it's like it's like a thing. Yeah, but I would I'd- say that's my favorite, and I think the most important book I wrote is called Wings of Forgiveness. And it's the least, the least popular.
1: I was going to say, I think it's, if I'm honest, and I really hate to say it, I think it is the only one I haven't read, but. I think I, it's like the, the one that's,
0: yeah, interesting.
1: That's I will, okay. I will look at it. I, I'll send it to you. Um,
0: <laughs> it's the one like I got like extremely theological and I like unpacked quotes and Gnostic Gospels and A Course in Miracles. Like, I Oh man, that's pen. my,
1: that's my alley. All right. All right. I'm going to get it. So yeah,
0: I wrote that, but the book that's done the best is called Raise Your Vibration. It sold over a hundred thousand. Just nuts.
1: Do you have fun. a favorite out of your card decks that you have? Yeah,
0: I, I do. It's Keepers of the Light. Is it? I told totally
1: yeah. like Angels and Ancestors.
0: I do love that. Like I, 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 I use my all of my card decks. Like I can really say that. There's a thing called the Mega Deck. I don't know if you've ever heard about that. So it's when you take the archangels out of my first deck angel prayers and you mix it into keepers of the light and so it's the archangels and the ascended masters as one deck so i call that the mega deck
1: i'm going to go do
0: that today I'm just like that's that's what i use like that's the one that's really the mega deck yeah that is really cool what, that's why i made them like that so you can work them together
1: what inspired you to like create your own decks was there Yeah, I I initially
0: made a proposal for like a cosmic angel deck, but that's what it was called, the cosmic angel oracle. And Hay House were like, no, that's too weird. It's too starseedy, you know, it's too Mm. out there. That starseed movement hadn't begun. So I went back to my drawing board and I was like, what could I? And I knew that the biggest problem for me with angel cards at that point were all the angels were white. And that was really disturbing to me yes. because, I, you know, I have friends from all different backgrounds, but my own guardian angel was black when he appeared. Like, So I'd always never felt like there was an angel that looked like my angel. They were all, like, white. And I was like, no, my angel's like looks black. Like, they're black. So, um, like Obama, I always call it the Obama angel. Like, my angel looks like Obama. I have an Obama tattoo on my bicep because of that. I, I proposed to Hay House. I was like, what would make my deck different is I want to create a diverse, I want to like create a diverse Oracle like with like all skin tones and colors, shapes and sizes. And I proposed that and they loved it and they took it. And that's why I ended, ended up getting published. And then it's something that I've tried to keep as a consistent theme. Now we've just completed the fourth, which is pretty mad. What? Yeah, we'll send I... you one. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'll put you on the press list. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate it. I um, I actually—that's what I love so much about your work—is I mean, I started in the world of angel cards, and then when you I did? discovered, yeah, when I discovered your work, I was like, "This is this is what the world needs." Like that's why my show is called "Let's Be Omnist" because I'm just like, there's no one truth, there's no one way to do things. Like diversity is the way. So when I started uncovering your cards, I was like, "This makes sense to me." Look, like everybody I talk to is represented here, so I really appreciate you trusting me. Yeah. That.
0: And I've always tried to like although I didn't necessarily have the education at the time, like I've always tried to be kind of gender queer with my angels too. So like even in the original deck, which is in two thousand and like thirteen, I wrote it and I was not necessarily as aware of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. At the time I have an angel that I couldn't put down he or she, I was like, you know, this is an angel that is genderless. And I so I've tried to dance with that even more in the the newest one.
1: I'm so that makes me so excited. All right. I didn't realize how quickly the time has gone. So I am fast. And with my absolute favorite question that I ask every guest, and that is if you had to boil your spiritual journey down to one piece of advice that's like always stuck with you. What would you say that that is? One thing can I, can I say three things? like every as guest asked it? that question, yes, of course.
0: <laughs> so um the first thing is, um know that you are never alone. You know Science and spirituality have now taught us that we are interconnected as all beings, and so even when we feel the most alone, we're never really alone because we're connected to a greater picture. so that's that's the most important. The second is. We're all equals. As soon as you make someone more or less than you, you deny an aspect of your own holiness. I love that. Uh, and then okay. the third thing I'm going to say is, if you're seeing a sign, you're on the right path already.
1: Those are perfect. I'm so glad you said all three. I... Yeah.
0: <laughs> People seem to think that a sign will show up to tell them if they're on the right path or not, but that's too confusing. Keep it simple. You see a sign, you're doing the right thing.
1: All right advice taken i will (laughs) (laughs) i will just tuck that away for a day that i need it that's very helpful i appreciate you being here um before i let you you go i do want to ask you if someone wants to follow you know more of your work become your new best friend what's the best way to do so
0: my handles on on every every platform is the same kyle gray uk perfect oh yeah instagram facebook all that jazz YouTube. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you so much.
1: Of course. Thank you again for being here. And we'll talk soon. Cheers. All right. All right. That was my conversation with Kyle Gray. I have to tell all of you that Kyle is one of the most genuine human beings that I have ever had the experience of working with. The conversation that we had after the show was very heartwarming and I just want to say thanks again, Kyle, for taking the time to chat with me and encourage me on my journey. You were amazing. If you would like to connect more with Kyle, you can find him all over social media at kylegrayuk or head to his website, kylegray.co.uk. While you're out there clicking around on the internet, take some time to follow me on Instagram at thedivinerlife.com. And also to learn more about my offerings, you can check out thedivinerlife.com. By the way, I know that you love the show, so just be honest about it. Go ahead and leave a rating and review wherever it is that you're listening in from. To learn how you can become a supporting patron of the show, also check out thedivinerlife.com slash podcast or check out the show notes for more information. Thanks for listening. Remember to share with your friends, your angel card readers, your fellow sneaker enthusiasts, or whoever else you come in contact with today. Don't forget that I love you, I appreciate you, and until next time, be true, be you, be Omnist.